Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. This is ACB Community, and you are with the ACB Home, Garden, and Agriculture Program. Deborah and I uh, come to you at this time, the second Saturday of each month, and we welcome any suggestions you might have for future programs at acb.home.garden.agriculture at gmail.com. And my name is Marge. Deborah, how is your garden doing? Haven't talked with you about it in two months. Well, I'll say that right now, blackberries and grapes are the highlight of my garden. Absolutely delicious. How, how are things going in your garden, Marge? Well, it's a, a hot time of the year for us here in coastal Georgia. And what uh, I'm harvesting most successfully right now is black-eyed peas and a squash called seminal pumpkin, which... Uh, is a, a ancient squash that comes out of Florida that uh, the Indians and ancient peoples uh, grew. So uh, being a Florida crop, it does well for us. And we've so far harvested 18 of them. So I'm happy, happy. Well, that is a good call. So Deborah, well, um, Deborah, what yeah. do you have for us today? Well, um, today we are celebrating our second anniversary and of ACB Home Garden and Agriculture. And we have a special guest. Our, our guest is my, my mother, Bala. Um, Bala uh, is somebody who did develop low vision later in life. So many of our folks who are listening would be able to relate to that. She has five children and 26 grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Um, she had two husbands. One was in the Navy, and he was my father, and then she uh, later married a farmer. She has, um, she's a very successful businesswoman. She is really gifted when it comes to real estate. She has traveled and lived all over the world. And um she, she, her, her, uh, she is a Holocaust survivor. She spent three years living in a prison camp outside Hamburg during World War II. Uh, <clears throat> Vala, uh, Vala's parents were in the countryside um, fleeing, fleeing hostile forces, I'll say it that way, when um, they were captured by the Germans and taken by gunpoint to uh, the infamous trains and put in a cattle car uh, and taken to Hamburg. Uh, her, her parents were not youngsters. They were in their 40s at the time. Uh, Vala's earliest memories are of living in a, um, a prison camp outside Hamburg. And I want to uh, introduce you now, Mom. Um, Mom, could you describe what the living conditions were like living uh, in the prison camp? 
Well, the reason I remember I was only three years old. No, I was about two years old when they were taken, but I, re- I remember they camped very well. I had nightmares for many years. Uh, it was a large room with many, many bunk beds, and we had straw for, for mattresses. And uh, behind the fence, the whole camp was behind the fence. And uh, my my parents uh, and all the adults and children that were teenagers or smaller were taken to work in the fish factory. And by the grace of God, the man that um, were, was the head head man of the fish factory was a prisoner during World War Two in Russia, and the last queen of Russia was German, and he was treated very well. So he broke their rules. If he was caught, he would have been sent to a death camp. He gave... Uh, the people that worked there, fish, to take home. That's how we survived. So when you were in the camp, um, you you were malnour- very malnourished, and, and that um, the man at the fish factory was actually risking his own life to let you, your parents, take food back to you in the barracks. Um, so... What did happen to the little ch- children like you during the day when your parents were forced uh, to work? We were, we were on our own. There were maybe a little older children were, were there. And uh, there's nothing we could do because we were behind the fence and in close quarters. And um, he gave the fish to everybody that worked there. But when the when he when he had a day off, and when the lady was in charge, if you were caught with a bite of fish, she sent you straight to the camp that where the people were killed. And and you you tell a story about your mother. Um, you've told a story. She was an amazing woman. She she really was. And um, tell us about. How, what she would do when when she did get food, and well, she would she would we would always divide the food. Each one of us would have a little portion, whatever amount of food we got, we divided it. And Mama, Mama would say, "I'm not hungry. You divide my food among yourselves." And it took me years to figure out that she was starving, but she gave her food to us. Yeah, she really was amazing. And um, you also tell a story about um, seeing an apple tree with apples over uh, over the fence when you were in the prison camp. I saw the apple tree on the other side of the fence, and oh, I wanted that apple so bad, I just couldn't stand it, but... They couldn't go and get it. They were behind the fence. And you, apples are still your favorite fruit, aren't they? You always had apples in the house when I was a kid. 
Yes, and when I moved to the farm, I planted more apple trees than I could give away. <laughs> That's for sure. You did. So you, you saw the bombing of Humbert. You, you witnessed that. Yes, I did. When we went outside, I saw nothing but didn't see the sky. Just saw smoke and fire, smoke and fire. And it was uh, just very terrifying. So the ground just shook. Everything just shook when the bombs fell. And where were you when the bombs fell? Uh, we were actually, uh, the Germans were all out of town. Just the ones that were in charge of the camp were there. Uh, we, were, we were actually able to use a bunker. Okay. That had to be terrifying to be crowded in a bunker and hearing all of that. Yeah. And my, my little brother just all but jumped out of my mama's arms when he when the bomb fell. Mm. Yeah. And um and you were eventually liberated. Um tell us about when when you were liberated from the camp. Well, I I'm not sure if it was the English soldiers or or the Americans, but they wouldn't come near us because we were in bad shape. They threw lunch bags over the fence, and that was the best food up to this day I ever ate. Yeah, and um, and I I should mention too that your exact place of birth and the circumstances of your birth are are really known, but um, you we know you were born in the snow, and that's all we we don't know much more than that. And um, so pinpointing what ages you were when you were in the camp is a little difficult, but roughly how old do you think you were during those years you were in the camp? We were there from, from May 32, 1942, until, um, sorry, I said that wrong, 1942 till 45, till the war okay. was over in May. All right. Yeah. That... Three years. Okay. I was about and... five or six, or I don't really know what age exactly. So after you were liberated from the camp, you lived in a series of refugee camps in Germany. And uh, I should I should also back up a little bit and say we we think that you were take when the Nazis captured your you your mother your father and your two brothers um, we think you were somewhere in Russia when that happened we're not real sure you were hiding in the woods when you were captured and um, that was one of your scary early memories of being captured by the Nazis. But um, but eventually uh, you you did leave the camp and you, you went into refugee camps and um, your father passed away uh, when you were in the refugee camp. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, he was very he was sick for a long time and and a lot of people that 
were undernourished and, and in poor health, and a lot of people passed away in the, in the refugee camp. But the Red Cross was wonderful. They, they took, it, it was a lot better than prison camp. The, there were only three families in one room instead of how many. And they had to share the bathrooms, and the, uh, uh, we had a garden space. We planted the garden, and we had chickens. And when my father passed away, my oldest brother, he was about, I'm just guessing, probably 11 years old. He became our father. And Mama got a job in, in the camp at the hospital, so we, we had a little extra money, and, and my brother went, and people were really, really happy to be out of the camp, and there were all different nationalities there. There were every nationality in Europe there, but most of them were Russians, and they all united and helped each other, and they... Each nationality had a little, uh, it was something about them. But the Jewish people were the, the kindest. I will always remember them. They were so kind to us. And uh, they were so happy to be alive. And they were just a joy to be around. I will never forget that. So um, I, I know that you have... Uh, Somebody taught you to um, embroider. That was a Jewish gentleman. Is that correct? Yes. When you were in the refugee camp. Yes. Yes. They were. They were. They. They. They just really. Just everybody was just trying to help everybody, especially my mama was not well and in the hospital, and my brother was our mother and my father, and and uh, they were really really good to us and helped us. And, and what I find is really remarkable is a lot of times the bad times will bring out the worst in people and you witnessed horrific times bringing out the best in people, which is such an important lesson for us today. Um, your brother, you and your brother uh, would forage in, in the woods, correct? Oh, and, we did, uh, we, we went, we went in the woods. Germany was a beautiful country after the war. The woods were just beautiful, full of berries, nuts, uh, mushrooms, and my brother would pick them and take them to the market. And so we had, we were barefooted, so we were able to buy shoes or a little extra clothes. And uh, where the bombs fell, there would be a big hole. And, of course, the bombs were made out of brass. My brother would dive in the hole and take the brass out and sell it. And he made pretty good money for 11 years old and took real good care of us. My mama was sick in the hospital. So, um, eventually, you and your mother and two brothers came to the United States as a rep, as refugees. Your your mother was in her 50s at this time, which I just, it blows my mind. She came to a country with three children, 
She didn't speak English. She didn't know anyone in this country. And um, you, you came to this country and worked in restaurants and um, established a life here. And very tragically, your younger brother died in a motorcycle accident after coming to this country, which was yet another just unbelievable, painful thing for all of you to go through. Um, well, but after losing most of our family and... Um uh, him being gone was just, my mother was very, very strong, a very strong person in faith and trusted in God. Uh, she survived that too, but it was very hard. Well, I, I'll tell you, you're one of the most resilient people I've ever met in my life. And I, I you have brought so much good in the world. And I, I remember when we used to um, move around quite a bit when you were married to my dad, um, we would move from base to base, Navy base to Navy base. And um, you would plant a garden everywhere we went. You would, you would leave it better than when we got there. And that was remarkable to me. It still is that you, you've always made an effort to make the world just a little bit better. Um, what, why do you think you planted gardens every time we moved to a new home? Because you knew we weren't going to stay long. I wanted to make sure we always had food and, and food to share. My mother always taught us to share. When, uh, when, we, when I married uh, my second husband, the farmer, we, we uh, grow, gave away I'm not bragging, but it just made me feel good to help other people. That was my whole life. I was brought up not to take, but to give. And it, it brought me great joy to help others. Well, when I remember on the farm, we had, you know, cows, we had beef, we had our own dairy cow and huge garden. I think the first year it was an acre and we would pick, pick up loads of corn and just an amazing amount of food. You are a remarkable gardener. You are. You, you, you grow the most beautiful produce. Um, what are you doing now currently for gardening? Well, I, I don't uh, have a yard. I live in a small condominium because I don't drive and it's I can walk every place here because of the area but I have a garden where my son lives and uh, thank God for that still have a garden yeah you still get out there and grow yeah um, mom are you okay with us taking some questions from people who are listening sure Okay, so um, Trish, you can go ahead and play the recording so people know how to join, and um, and then you'll be calling on people and letting them know when they can ask their questions.
And if the recording doesn't work, you're welcome to just explain to people. Trish? Marge, are you there? I am. Okay. It looks like we might have lost Trish. Well, I'm sure somebody, I know part of the spiel for <laughs> hand raising. Okay. I'm sure Lynn or someone on this call knows the whole nine yards. Okay. Yeah, I um, Trisha, are you still there? You might be muted. Hello? I'm here. Okay. All right. Do you want to play the recording or do you want to? Um, um... Well, I'll tell you what I did. Um, you guys didn't hear it? No. No. Oh, my goodness. I am so sorry. Um, how, about if, how about if we go ahead and take call on some hands and if people have trouble, we can handle it then. How's that? Um. Most people probably already know how to join. So um, if anyone wants to ask a question, uh, go ahead and raise your hand and uh, Trish can unmute you. Okay, we do have Jewel. Go ahead, Jewel. You're muted, Hi, Jewel. Hi, Jewel. She needs to unmute. Jewel, you need to unmute. Hi. Sorry, my go. phone was there acting up. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your mom's name. Bella. 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 Oh, I'm horrible with names. Bella, you remind me so much of my father. My father grew up in deep poverty, and by 12, he was the sole breadwinner for his family of four because his father passed away from a farming accident. So he was the only person working. And um, so... You know, his resourcefulness and his ability to help others was amazing. And you sound a lot like that, like resourcefulness and, you know, just willing to help anybody. You know, um, so my question then is when you were in the refugee camp, when you were trying to get along, did you forage? Because um, my father was very good at going out and finding like dandelion greens and frogs to eat and, you know, all sorts of you know, things out in the wild. Did you do that? And if so, what was out there? I'm just curious. Well, the, the forest was full of um, berries, uh, nuts, uh, uh, mushrooms, uh, raspberries, the, it just beautiful forest. And we, there was a river. We, we were able to catch fish. And we had a big, not a big garden, but we had a Nice garden and chickens, and uh, um, I won't. I won't say that we we had the everything we wanted to eat, but the food that we did have, we kept us full. Thank you, Jewel. That's awesome. I just and, it amazes yeah. me when people can be so resourceful and 
you know, my dad passed all of that knowledge on to me, a lot of it. And, you know, so I can be hardworking and resourceful like he was. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you for calling. Have a nice day. And do we have any other hands? We do. Ms. Lynn, go ahead. Hi, Bella, and hi, Deborah. One of the things I want to know is, do you know why your, why your parents were targeted? For what reason? When the Germans retreated, they took the people at a gunpoint. They were, they were hiding in the woods. Right. They, took, they, they found the people every place and took them at a gunpoint to bring to, the, to work in the factories because um, the German, Germans were fighting. Right, and was it because of your ancestry, or you know, as Jewish, or or what reason did they want to take you, or take your parents? Uh, they took everybody. They, they were they were Ukrainians, Polish, uh, Bulgarians, Yugoslavians, um, Lithuanians. They they took they took uh, almost everybody in in Europe. That uh, the places where they retreated. There were camps all over Germany, and most of the people that were in the camps that worked at the factories uh, didn't survive. They starved because there was no food. We were just fortunate that the man gave us my parents' food. Thank you so, so much for yeah. talking. Go ahead, Deborah. So I, I just want, do you, could you tell us the name of the camp you were in, Mom? That was um, Camp Altona in Hamburg. Right. Yes, see, in there Hamburg, were three. Hamburg, right. Germany. Right. There were three and kinds of camps. when we left camps. Germany six years after the war, when we were on our way to the port to come to the United States, I did not see one building standing and I just thought, how in the world did we survive? It was just unbelievable. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the fact is that there were, you weren't in a death camp, you were in kind of a work camp. And this is one of the kind of camps there were. Not all camps were death camps. Well, so. the work camps yeah. were death camps, too. A lot of people yes. died in yes. the, in the, in the work that. camp because they had, they had no food. Right. Uh, if, if, if the man didn't give us fish, we wouldn't we wouldn't have made it. Right. Well, congratulations that you made it, and you're telling your story, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for calling, and have a good day. And we have no All more right. hands. All right. So, um, if if anyone wants to raise your hand, I know on the phone it's star. Nine. Okay, I can. Um, I can go through it if you want. Okay. Okay. If if you are go on the it. PC, it's Alt. I'm sorry. If you are on the PC, it's Alt Y. If you're on the Mac, it's Command Shift Y. If you are on the standard landline phone, it's Star Nine. And if you are on a cell phone, it's the lower right corner. Double tap on the More button. And I apologize. I don't know why that recording didn't come through. That's okay. That's okay. So, Marge, do you have any questions for my mom? 
Yes, I, I do. Thinking of your years in the refugee camp, which I believe you just said was about six years, and that you were able to, uh, that people there were able to grow a garden. Do you know, I mean, I realize you were quite young, but do you know where um, people got seeds from and what was it that um, you were able to grow? Well, the the uh, uh, I remember. I probably will not remember everything. Sure. We were growing, and nor we remember tomatoes because Mama used to tell us, "Don't pick them till they get red," <laughs> <laughs> because we tended to pick stuff before it ripened, <laughs> ripened and eat it. And we had uh, potatoes and um, onions, and uh, uh, I think. I am not sure where the seeds came from, but I think it was Red Cross. Red Cross uh, 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 was involved in running the the camp. Okay. Do you have any other questions, Marge? No, go ahead. Uh, if others, okay. others have questions, we'll leave time okay. for others. And do we have any other hands raised? No, we do not. Oh, okay. We have one. Hold so, on. We have one. Okay. Gregory, go ahead. You're muted, Gregory. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Go yes, ahead. Yes, we can hear I you. I was wanting to ask Bella how she thinks how important it is to teach the younger generation, younger kids to learn how to uh, grow things and uh, make a garden. Um, I think it's, um, do you teach young kids or uh, how to do that and the importance of it? Yes, yes, you, you are correct uh, because that stayed with me all of my life and I grow the garden all of my life. And, and when I saw the orphans and the uh, poverty in the camp, I just, that was my thought. I am going to have an orphanage and feed everybody. But instead of that, I grow the garden and try to feed people that were in need. Yeah, and you definitely pass that on to your children, the love of gardening and appreciation for food. I can tell you that. Well, I, I can tell you that. Debbie gives away the food to her whole neighborhood till they tell her we had enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that is absolutely true. Did you have my, another my, question, Gregory? I just want to say my grandparents uh, passed that down to me too. I live in the city now, but I always try to make a garden when I can. Um, the older generation did pass it down to me, and I'm glad for that. I thank you, Bella. Yeah, and even just having a, you know, a couple of herbs growing in a pot in an apartment, I mean, anything you can do to grow is, is, is a good idea. And, Mom, you always talk about how uh, growing is Good therapy. Do you think that that is part of what has helped you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
because uh, for years, if I didn't have something to do, I, I would get depressed and working in the garden and being able to help others and share the food was was very, very uh, what good feeling. Yeah, it's really therapeutic. And I remember yeah. grand, Grandma, your mom, had a beautiful garden. She yes, lived she in o- Oklahoma City, did not have the best soil to deal with. And she had a very lovely garden. And um, so you must have gotten that from her, too. Yes, yes. It, 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 she, she also... Uh, gave the food to all the neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother, I only have one brother left, and he has uh, 16 fruit trees. And I said, what are you doing with all that fruit? Oh, I give it to my neighbors. <laughs> so yep. it runs in the family. It sounds like it, Yeah. So, um, Trisha, do we have any other any other uh, hands up? Uh, yes, we do. Um, area code five zero five six three eight. I think that's Beth. Okay. Yes, it is. It's Beth from New Mexico. Uh, my grandparents. Hi, my great grandparents and grandparents passed that on to me too, and. And even my mom uh, to uh, for growing things, but you know, uh, in this desert southwest, it's hard to grow things. It's they have good soil, but then they have sand. Oh gosh! And if you live where there's sand, you, I don't know. It's hard to grow stuff. What would you suggest? Well, uh, now that you would have to ask Debbie. Uh, I don't remember growing anything in the sand. Uh, places I lived, uh, almost all of them had good soil, but the best soil was in Hawaii. You could put a broomstick in Hawaii and it would grow. So oh, wow. different places have different different soil. Like my dear husband, who was a very, very good man, he was a farmer, and uh, he said that he could not farm even a hundred miles from here because of the soil or because of the change in the weather. It's almost like you have to grow up on the farm to um, know the climate, to know the soil, and he was he never used pesticides. He was a real good farmer. Whenever he plowed the field, he would plant clover because clover gave natural nitrogen to the ground, and he had the best ground in the whole area here. It was a, when he when he was, was sick, he rented the field, and everybody said that it produced twice of any field that they ever rented because he took real good soil. Yeah, it, it having um, sandy soil can be quite a challenge. And my, my best 
advice would be to contact your local county extension agency and talk with the master gardeners there and see if they have tips for how to grow in in your area and what works well. Um, my mom's absolutely correct. Every area is a little different. And that's true. Uh, yeah, talking to people who know your area and uh, know your conditions, that's that's the best way to, to get good tips. Now, come also, finding out if um, what people in your area do with pots and growing in raised beds, because that may be your, your best option. Um, we do have two hands raised. Okay, let's thank, thank you. you. Okay, uh, Erico 208906. Go ahead, please. Hi, uh, the, uh, my name is Dana, and my questions are, and I missed the very first of this, but I wondered if in the camp they had any activities for the children, number one. And number two, as a small child, did you realize the significance or... Uh, did you feel fear or, you know, concern about what would happen to you in the future? Uh, well, uh, uh, we, we lived in fear because uh, whenever the bombs dropped, we, we, uh, we were terrified. It was just part of our life. We didn't know anything else. Wow. Like... Um, even even in the refugee camp after the war, we didn't know what a toy was because we never seen a toy. We never knew what candy was because we never seen a candy. And the, oh. it, what you don't see, you don't and don't have, you don't miss. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, did you remember when you were in the camp? Did the children play? at all? I mean, were there any activities that you would do? Because I know you were locked in the barracks all day when the parents were taken to work. Um, I don't remember ever being happy or playing or, or okay. having enough food. I just don't remember. Now, okay. in the refugee camp, we did have school. We had we had church. We went to church. I went to church barefooted because I didn't have any shoes. And um, uh, we, we did have a playtime. We, we, we played uh, uh, volleyball or uh, kickball. That was in the, after the war. But during the war, there, there, were, there was nothing but all I can say is misery. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. And we had another hand. We do. Melinda, go ahead and unmute, please. Olga, audio now unmuted. Um, I'm. Hello, how are you today? Hi, Melinda. Thank you. Uh, and and uh, go ahead. Um, you know, uh, not. I wasn't. Uh, here during the uh, presentation, but I was, I always wondered, um, did um, the uh, children 
when you were in the uh, prison camp, did you get to go to school? No, there was no school. No, no school. The uh, it, it was well. I'll, I'll I'll describe it as hell on earth for the children and the parents and the. the there is a hell on earth, and that was the prison camp. How old were you when this happened, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I was, uh, I'm not sure of my age. Uh, I was uh, probably uh, six years old, when five or six years old when it was oh over. Uh, the nightmares were not over for years. Thank you, Melinda. So, um, do we have any other calls? Not at this any time. Any other hands? Okay. So, Mom, I I, I do want to um, make sure we we I I want people to know you are a strong lady. You are an amazing person. Can do you have any advice for people? Because we have people going through many many different hardships and and many different kinds of fear um what what kind of advice do you have for people who are kind of going through a rough time these days well put god first and then have a big garden and then start looking for somebody to help and you'll have a better life that's amazing advice that really is and that's very much how you live your life that's for sure Marge, do you have any questions? In the years that, that you have had gardens in the U.S. and could plant what, what you wanted, what have been some of your favorites in terms of, of foods, fruits and vegetables, actually? Oh, we just growed everything imaginable. We had a real farm of we, we, Debbie, Debbie, all the children helped. We, we grow probably every vegetable there is. And I have to say the pumpkin was my favorite. Some of them grow to be 90 pounds, and my husband would use a tractor to pick them up. And the kids had a little stand by the mailbox, by the farm and sold them, and I, I think that 90-pound pumpkin was $9, and wow. they had a little can there for people to put money in. I said, oh, nobody's going to buy that. It's too heavy. And then one day it was gone, and no money. And then a couple of days later, there was a letter in there with the money that I took your pumpkin, but I didn't have any money, so here's the money. It was amazing that Sometimes there was a lot of money in there, but nobody touched the money. The people, farm people were um, very honest people around us and very good people. So mm -hmm. uh, the, I guess the pumpkin would be my favorite. Mm -hmm. such, such a nourishing vegetable, the pumpkin is. 
Yeah. Absolutely. A good favorite. We do so have mom, another hand raised. Oh, okay. Go ahead with the hand. Jewel, go ahead. Got my phone to work this way this time. Um, so I just wanted to reiterate how much of an inspiration you are that, you know, even through the hard times, you were able to find ways to, you know, survive, but not only survive, but to, you know, help others survive. And um, I am a Bodhisattva, uh, which means that I, my mission in life is to help others and to, it, to you know, I can't speak, um, decrease suffering in the world. And, you know, the, the truth is you have done exactly that. You have gone out and you not only survived, but you helped others survive. You know, your family now is understanding that, you know, you need to go out there and take care of yourself, but also take care of others. And that's a really big inspiration to me. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you very much. Thank you. So mom, can you tell us how you came to the United States? Um, how did it was by boat what, or ship? How how did you come travel well, here? It, um, my mother and dad were up in years when they were born, and uh, uh, Mama was in poor health. And when they were in a refugee camp after the war, many countries took the refugees, like Australia, New Zealand, United States, Canada, and. Uh, they all started leaving, but you had to have a sponsor to, to come to the United States, and you had to be able to work, or they would send you back to Germany. You have to be self-sufficient. We were still small, and Mama was in poor health, so we had a hard time getting a sponsor. It, it took six years. Most of the people left in a year or two that had bigger children and in better health. But a very, very, very good man took us as a, as a sponsor. He himself was dirt poor, growed up on a farm, and uh, became a very successful restaurant owner like McDonald's almost. He had franchise. It took our family, and we all worked. I started working when I was 10 years old. We all worked for him in the restaurant, and they were very good people and very good to us and helped us. We saved our money and bought a house, and Mama had a big garden, and we had a good life very fast in this country. Thank God. Yeah, that's, that's a remarkable um it, 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 it's a, it's, I, again, I cannot say enough how much I, I ad, admire your mother because she was just, her strength is just unfathomable. Um, and, and she wasn't a youngster. <laughs> so that's, that's something else. And um, since we have a little bit of time, um, I, well, do we have any more hands raised? Any Anybody else with a question? We do not. And it's 12 minutes okay. to the hour. Okay. So we're, we're getting close to the top of the hour. 
but um, I I did want to to ask you is is there anything you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Well, I I, I was very blessed. I had a good life in this country. I appreciate every day and. It's just like all of my dreams came true. I had a, a garden. I had a beautiful family and two very good husbands. And some women can't find one. I had two, but they're both gone. So life goes on. Have to do the best we can. Okay. Thank you, Mom. And oh, I had real good children, too, and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. <laughs> you have quite a plan, quite a plan of them. Yeah, and, and um, you, your, your brother, you still have your brother, too, and his family, and he was also yeah, very yeah, successful. Yeah, my brother yeah. and his family, yes. Yeah, he and served he, him. He is a very, very good person. Very, very good person. Yeah, he served he in the military. College and and uh, became very successful, and his grandchildren are very successful. We had a good life here. So, Mom, thank you very much for talking with us today. I know some of these things were really painful and difficult, and I really appreciate you sharing your your wisdom and your history with us. These are important things for people to know. These things happen, and and we need to be on guard, and um, we need to care about each other, and and just the the total therapeutic value of gardening. I can't see enough. I I totally agree. It's it saved my skin more than once over the years. So I appreciate you passing on that leg legacy to me. And we do Thank have a you. hand raised. Okay, we'll go ahead and take another question. Jewel, go ahead. I just want to invite Bella to come back to these calls. I mean, I'm sure her wisdom and her knowledge in the garden would be of great value to the group. Thank you, Jewel. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It was nice meeting you. Thank you. Well, um, so next month, um, Marge, you want to talk a little bit about what we're doing next month, or do you want me to? Well, I can, I can do that, Deborah. Um, next month, okay. we have a, a, an, an open session, which means that those of you who are uh, maybe as, as new gardeners, aspiring gardeners, um, perhaps more experienced, will be an open session to... Uh, bring uh, questions that you might have to see what others um, who participate might uh, have for ideas for you, or um, maybe you have uh, some successes you'd like to share with the rest of us, given that in September we will be uh, through our summer season and um, many of you will still be uh, harvesting out there. And it'll be a time where you can uh, bring your successes, bring your questions, bring your 
ideas um, to, to the rest of the group. We never know how these open sessions will go, but they're always, always quite interesting and uh, challenge Deborah and, and me to uh, come up with our best advice as well as challenging others who are, are on the call. So we welcome all of you to be back here on the second uh, Saturday in September, whichever date that is, I don't happen to know right off hand. I can maybe look at my calendar here. But uh, well, Deborah, do we have plans I, beyond for October? Yes, uh, we do. Um, and I do want to say that if Marge and I don't know, somebody listening almost always knows, which we appreciate when somebody can call in with your wisdom. We appreciate everybody. And Absolutely. your animals, too. Tell us about your animals, too. We, we want to hear it all. Um, in October, we have um, Zelda is coming back. Zelda is a very popular guest. Uh, she is going to talk with us about dehydrating. And uh, Zelda gardens in one of the most challenging parts of the country, in my opinion. So it'll be really interesting to ask her how her garden did this year. And um, that's, that's what's coming up. And if we have anyone out there who wants to join as a guest, please let us know. And um, we do have uh, the email contact. You can always reach us through community at acb.org. I hope that is the correct <laughs> email address. They can redirect to us. And um, we, there's also a listserv if you want to join the list. March, do you have that list served? And, and just so you know, you have one more hand raised. Okay, we'll see if we can get to it. I think we can. Why don't we do that while, okay. while I'm taking okay, a look here? Okay, let's do that. Okay. Beth, go ahead and unmute. I think you're Beth. on mute still. Beth, you're still muted. You need to unmute. I was just going to say all these calls are very interesting and I hope your mama can come back and, and talk to us some more because of, wow, I, I enjoy her wisdom and, and, uh, passing has her passing her wisdom on to, to the people and things like that. And, um, if she wants to, I hope she can come back <laughs> again. Thank you, Beth. I do yeah, find all these I... calls extremely interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Well, people calling in is what I think really makes it uh, more lively. And, and Marge and I will keep doing this as long as people are interested. Well, <laughs> Deborah, um, yeah. we're the, the, less, the, the list serve is uh, Homesteading by Touch. And I did hear Nella come on. Maybe Nella remembers the subscribing information better than I do at the moment. If Nella, if you're still with us, and could come on and tell us how people can subscribe to the listserv. That would be helpful. And, and we actually have two hands raised, and we only have um, five minutes. Five minutes. Okay, we'll take what we can till the top of the hour. How's that? If, okay, hopefully so now is one of them. The first hand is area code 682597. Go ahead and unmute. 
Hello, this is Calandra. Hi. Hey, I'm sorry that I missed out on the call, but I'm just glad that I dropped in. I like I like growing plants and stuff like that, and I'm interested in gardening. I discovered that I've had a green thumb ever since I was young, and um, okay. I would like to I would like to participate in this call. Thank you, thank you. We're just thank about you. ready to wrap up. And um, we had another ah. hand. Okay. Uh, yes. Nella does have her hand raised. Um, Yay, Nella. Hey, sorry. Um, I, I came in like halfway through. I had an obligation that ran over. I believe, if I remember correctly, to subscribe, you type in homesteading by touch, this plus sign, subscribe at groups.io I believe Thank is you. And that's, that is also in the, the description of the call for today too yes so. I say it is uh, in the okay. email that's sent out to everyone the link is there so if you get if you um, hit that link then I get a message saying you're interested and then I okay it and then you're a member of the group all right thank you Nella Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, um, for joining us today. I think we're probably at the top of the hour. We actually have three minutes, and Jewel has her hand up. Okay, Jewel, one more time. Yeah, I had just had a quick question. Wasn't there another list before? And if there was, because I hear in call, if I was subscribed to that, am I already subscribed to the new list? No, that was just an email. Um, okay. If, if to subscribe to the list, you need to subscribe to the Homesteading by Touch. Homesteading. Good question. Home, can you repeat that? It's, it's in the description, too. Oh, okay. If you go thank to you. the email, it's, you can click on that link. All right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's been a wonderful call. Mom, Bella. Thank you, thank you. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you. We will talk to everybody again next month. Thank yes. you. Margin, um, final so, thoughts? Well, it's September 10th is our next gathering. So please join us and come in October on October 8th. Sounds good. Five o'clock Eastern, second Saturday. Thank you.